<laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the question podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. This is part two with Rosie Smith. Woo! Still here. <laughs> Alrighty then guys, now that you've been fully introduced to Rosie Smith in the last episode, now let's get back to our usual programme. Rose, what's been lame and sound in your week? Well, my lame is that Quintana, my top mare, she, as horses will do at the moment, she's had a minor injury. So we're now on walk work for a month, which is Woo! nice. <laughs> we love it. You're going to have walks for a 10, though, by the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to get an 11. We're going to create a brand new marking yeah. scale. On the upside, like, it is quite nice just to have, like, a nice stroll around up and down the village because she's got to walk on concrete. And it's pretty minor, so I think she just did it, like, in a field or something, as horses tend to do. So she should be sort of back up and running after the Just month. out of interest, why on concrete? I think because they said the concussion's really good for the blood flow. And okay. they basically just want to get blood flow to the area that's slightly injured. Okay. Yeah, I remember in the, inverted commas, olden days, you were told to harden horses' legs up by oh, trotting yeah. them. <laughs> Very old. I'm literally the oldest one here. Uh, yeah, you were told to like trot horses up and down the road to harden their legs if they start going lame. Yeah, but I think Aventa's still. I mean, it's it's used in like fitting programs for certain horses right for certain sports they yeah. do do road work well it's the same for people as well isn't it they say that actually a little bit of concussion like strengthens your joints otherwise you can actually go a bit brittle yeah. Well, it's the same argument for why horses should never only just be in arenas. Because if they're only ever used to a really soft surface and then they stand on something a bit funny, their joints and their ligaments are just so weak and they're just not used to anything that's not like soft sand. So the more sort of different surfaces they can be on is the better. But I think the whole thing with the concrete is like the concussion just increases blood flow. So we're going to be doing walks. I feel like I've just got an oversized dog now, really, <laughs> going up and down the lane. Any like sound, like positive things? <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's not bad. Negative all the time. Um, You're doing a Tough Mudder. Yeah, oh yeah, end of September, doing a Tough Mudder. And also, prior to injury, we had a very good season. But hopefully she'll be at advanced medium before the end of the year. So that's pretty good. And Bella's been a little star, so she's kind of stepped up. She's been growing like a weed. And you know when they go through that phase where they just get taller and taller and taller? And then you try and put loads of muscle and fat on, and then it just goes the next day. But she's finally starting to sort of broaden out now. She looks more mature, and she's been going really well. So she looks more like a grown adult. It's really hard when they just don't stop growing, isn't it? Because you can't really do that much with them. Like the five-year-old I ride at the moment. Oh my God, he's like... I know, you look at him one day and you're like, oh, you're really uphill. And the next day he comes in, you're like, oh, now you're downhill again. It's like a beanstalk, isn't it? I know. It's just like... They'll go from looking like a future Grand Prix horse to like a camel to like a donkey. And they're like back to a dressage horse and they look like a thoroughbred. (laughs) You just can't really look at them. No, just close your eyes. Put the blinders on, just (laughs) hop in the saddle. (laughs) Okay, so that's sound. And the Tough Mudder, which we'll be doing all winter, because that's... <laughs> tough Mudder. <laughs> when you work with horses, we do that. <laughs> Every yeah. day, you for said, free. You said earlier you were going to get, like, electrocuted as you ran through mud. You just do it in yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, do you know what? You, that is a side, a side hustle for you guys. Oh my God, <laughs> You'll maybe. make a fortune. We should, like, sidetrack a local Tough mud. I don't know if there's a local one, but sidetrack it, and, like, part of it is you have to clear that field of poo. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, maybe people do a side... I reckon you could just yeah. go into Henley and just ask people for... For side quests and just get them to or do random just, stuff. Like, drag a chain harrow or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pick up all of that rag work. Yeah. God. Do you know New it business. really is? Work smarter, not harder, isn't yeah. it? Moving on to dilemmas. So dilemma number one. I am going to try a horse this weekend and was wondering whether you had any tips and tricks that might help. Rose takes away. <laughs> the, the floor is open <laughs> yeah. to the panel. Um... 
I feel like a really good one is always turning up like a little bit earlier just because you want to see what the horse Beefy. is. Beefy. Or just... <laughs> <laughs> but I think you just want to see if the horse is already under saddle, like if it's already doing like canter, if it's already been picked up. Frighten you want to gauge how long it may have been ridden for. And then if you arrive a bit early and it's still in the stable or whatever, it's absolutely fine. You can just say, oh, sorry. You know, Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Got you. Two days early. You're punk. There's, ca- there's cameras up here. Yeah. Frank. I've been watching you all week. <laughs> yeah, loser. I've been, yeah. been your attic for months. Um, I mean, within reason, right? Don't turn up like a day earlier or like five hours before, but just like a little, like a half an hour, like ten minutes or something. And then I think you just want to take... You want to ask questions when you try a horse. I think loads of people, when they get on a horse they don't know, they want to be very nice, very gentle, which is understandable. But I think you also have to know that the horse is going to want to answer the questions that you have and you want to see what their response is. If you want it to do something and you never ask it and then you buy it and then you ask it and then it gets, you know, they react very nervously or they get really stressed or they get really tense and they can't really think or they just really struggle to answer what you're asking. They're obviously not the right horse. So I think you do want to put like a little bit of pressure on just to make sure that they can sort of handle and that they're reacting more like inquisitively or they want to work with you, not that they're sort of immediately panicking or getting really stressed when you ask them something they don't know. Yes, such good advice. Like when I went to try Simba, which was the last horse that I tried five years ago, he had never done any lateral work or sideways work. But I tried doing a little leg yield because I was like, I need to know whether or not this horse can go sideways and can do that. Because if, like you said, we got him home and I was like, oh, this horse can't can't go sideways, I'd be a bit buggered, really. Or like I went to try a horse once and I was I was on it. And then he was it was getting he was just getting a little bit like he was obviously quite a nervous and quite a sensitive horse, which is fine. But then literally, was, I think he was maybe four or something, and we just went into canter. And I honestly put my leg on like a tiny bit, or was even just riding it sort of normally. And they're like, oh, just so you know, like, just don't put any pressure on him. And I was like, oh. Red flag. <laughs> this is fantastic. I was like, he's four, so what pressure, what pressure is there anyway? It's just very basic, like walk, trot, canter. But they were like, you know, you have to be like really gentle. You can't do this, you can't do that. And I was like, okay, well, he's obviously not potentially very suited to be like a competition horse if he's very adverse to any sort of stresses. Maybe he should just be a hacking horse or like have a very like, you know, carefree life. So I think that's a really important one. There are quite a few red flags to look out for, I would say, aren't there, when trying horses? With what, like professionals or dealers or whoever try and pull almost? Because that's another tip as well, if you can. Ride them both. Both outdoor and indoor, maybe take them down the road, depending on what you're obviously wanting the horse to do. Also, I'd always, if you can find the name, I'd always try to do, like, research. And there are some people, like, I mean, my mum is like, she should work for CIA or something. <laughs> How do you know her... that she doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she probably does, actually. She will literally have just a video of, like, a, a brown horse or something with, like, hardly any details. And then she'll I'll literally an hour later get sent, like, oh, this is the breeder, this is, like, competition record, this is the oh mare testing God. it did, this is the grading it did, this is a video on clip my horse is as a three-year-old. Like, she'll find all this information but i think it's so important to actually try and like do your research see if you can find like a competition record see if you can find any like previous riders and like reach out to them because i think it's really difficult when someone's selling a horse when they're a bit older obviously they have something to gain so they have an incentive to be dishonest but if it's a previous rider 
they really have no incentive and they're more likely to be a bit more straight with you because they don't own the horse anymore. I would also say as well, take someone with you, like don't go on your own. And I know that sounds that so stupid, well. but like I think, yeah, and someone who's like got sort of a valued opi- like opinion as well, try and take like a trainer or someone that's knowledgeable as well. And someone who's going to be objective too. If you sit on the horse and the feeling is just amazing, you're going to put on your rose like tinted glasses and everything's going to look amazing all the red flags will just look a really nice pink colour and you're just going to be like oh this is amazing this is great I don't care run towards it like it's red bunting <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I love bunting <laughs> but I think if someone's really objective they might actually be able to be like no these are what we need to be a bit like careful of and one thing as well that I do is obviously always want to try and you know ride it the first time fair enough if you want someone else to get on it beforehand just to make sure it's safe for you second time try ride it first but also we take loads of videos of it a like under saddle but afterwards you take the tack off and you just check the legs and everything we always take like photos and videos of it walking and moving without the tack or with it like how it's shod and how its legs look and then just send them to like our ferret or our vet or the trainer so we just have like loads of opinion and we actually get an idea of you know he'll say oh well the shoeing's a bit bad or the vet will kind of have an idea of what the horse is like before we suddenly go here's it for the vetting like take all the x-rays so we just tend to take like a lot of photos a lot of videos and share them to like a few like trusted people whose advice that we really really value and who are also going to be really objective you almost need like a team to go with you don't you because i tried a horse the other day and i was filming as well but i find like when you film it's really hard to see when you're filming so it's almost like you need like a videographer with you as well do you know what i mean yeah. I mean, you did the videoing of Terry, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so I didn't, I was like videoing, but like looking at yeah, the same really time. Yeah, it's really hard, it's really hard. Imagine hard. showing up with like an entourage, like you show up like 50 <laughs> people, one to take photos of the tack, one to event a video, yeah, one I to know. like hold the horse. This is my vet, my farrier, yeah. my videographer, my mum. Okay, one question I did want to ask you, Rose, is when you worked in Germany, you were working at like an auction yard, weren't you? So I worked for a stable called, I never pronounce it correctly, but it's called Klosthof Mendingen. It's like called like the monastery, basically. And they are a stallion station. So they have De Niro and Capremont, who are those people that do dressage breeding are quite famous dressage stallions. And then... Sirocco's got Capremont in it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, their main business is a stallion station. And then they have a lot of like young stock and they do sort of a, a yearly auction of foals and young horses. And what was an auction like from the working point of view? I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. And again, as well, like you do get to ride some like really, really nice, like gorgeous horses that you would just not really have an opportunity to sit on, which was really cool. And the variety as well, because they had like three year olds up to I think that year that I did it, they had some like nine or 10 year olds of horses at like Pre St. George. So you get to ride sort of everything and, and anything. And you'll have like licensed stallions and you just get a full spectrum, which was pretty cool. And the atmosphere as well is really nice because auctions have something to gain by trying to make it like a kind of party atmosphere. And, you know, they have like drinks and stuff like that. So it was very chaotic and very full on because obviously with an auction, you have people sort of picking and choosing the horses they want to ride. So so would they ride them in the few days beforehand or how would that work? The auction horses were actually there when I went to try my horse. So she was originally meant to be in the auction. So they're there for like months prior and they'll be sent there and they'll train them up and the riders and everything to get used to them. And then they'll sort of take photos and videos of the horses and then they'll produce their catalogue. So I bought Quintana before they'd ever taken the photos of her, but they already had, I think like 90% of the auction horses already at the barn. And then after they do the catalogue, I think it's almost like a, up, like a week before you can, P clients can come and ride them and everything. 
And then you have like the presentations sort of like every day of the auction horses and people can sit and view them and see what they look like. And then you can say, okay, I want to try number like 32. I want to try number two and I want to try like the selection. And then throughout the day, the horses can be, can be tried. I think it depends from like auction to auction, but we had, we'd have like training in the morning. So they're just like, you're just riding them basically. And then you have like the presentation of the auction horses and then people have an opportunity within, I think like three days or something, they can try them. And then at the end of the week, they then have to go into the auction and put their hand up if they want to take them home. So would the horses be ridden more than once in a day then? Depends on how popular they were. So I think one of the slight downsides of auctions is that we had a, this one really nice three-year-old stallion. And auctions can be a little bit overwhelming anyway, but this horse I think was tried by like four people or something like no in way. one day. And these are also, with young horses, I think it's really imp important. You want to give them confidence and you want to have like good riders that know how to ride young horses properly. But you'd have people that were perhaps really inexperienced riding this really young, probably a little bit nervous stallion which kind of doesn't actually benefit future education. So I think a lot of people, when they buy auction horses, they tend to just turn them out and just let them breathe because it is quite forlorn, especially when they're quite young. It can be quite intense. Yeah, because I've, I've never been to an auction. My mum's been to one in Holland and she said it was just like a circus show. It's interesting, like the flip side to it of the working on it, not just the yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, I think it was super interesting and I did enjoy it. And I think the way that Klosterhof does it is pretty nice because it is over quite a long period of time. So do you have any specific tips and tricks if someone was going to try an auction horse and trying to buy them at said auction? I would always say there are some auctions that you would sort of want to aim for there are like sellers auctions and there are buyers auctions the ones which are more focused around like breeding and just good ridden horses would be ones that you'd need to go to i think i would avoid the ones which are very focused on like the entertainment the party the like drinking and we have this live huge they almost make it like a massive event because they're trying to like drum up the prices as much as possible. Whereas I think you have some smaller ones which are focused and supported by the stud books, which tend to be a lot more low key. So the horses will be sort of far more relaxed. It won't be so intensive for them. And I would say, I mean, I'd always try and actually buy the horses outside of an auction because I think it's really difficult. It's always going to be really difficult to tell a horse's true nature when they've been ridden by like five people before you or they're in a situation where they're perhaps going to be a little bit more stressed than they would normally. So I think I would always try and actually go before the auction and just try buy it outside of the auction. Either go to like the small auctions or just try and buy it Grab before, them before. Yeah. yeah, before they go do the demonstration. Interestingly, we brought Simba just before he was going to go off to an auction. So we had to go and try Simba between Christmas and New Year because they said, oh, if he's not sold by the 1st of January, he's going off to, I think it was like the Verdon auction or something. And we were like, no, we want to grab him now. And they were like, oh, you could still buy him from the auction. And we were like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I think I want this horse. So we went and tried it. So yeah, that that's interesting, isn't it? Also, it's a bit of a risk because sometimes they'll be they'll have like a set price of oh, if you want to buy it before the auction it's going to be this and then you have to take the risk of okay well do i think it can go for less than that in the auction or is it going to go for way more and then i might lose out on this like really nice horse so i think it can be a bit of a calculated risk and you have to see how the market's doing to try and like guesstimate what you think it might sell for okay yeah my you're obviously so much smarter than me i would just <laughs> assume that the horses would always go for more in an auction but I suppose they could go for less because it's like what their reserve price is, isn't it? 
Yeah, and it just depends. I mean, you have to have the buyers in the room that are going to go pay for it. And I think especially like around COVID, auction houses were really worried that you just wouldn't have the buyers because most of the like larger ticket people are going to come from like Asia or, or America or the slightly, like, you know, they're, they tend to be like the slightly more like affluent ones. So I think you have to, to have a look at like the auctions that have already been and what the average highlight like price highlights are like the kind of standard and the quality because i think sometimes horses can go for a lot less and now at the moment like foals are over like their prices they're going for nothing i know i saw that someone put up that the foals are just going for like nothing but someone else put up that auctions have become so much more popular that it's kind of not a novelty anymore yeah there's like two too many even like some stud books they hold two in a year for foals like for foals that are born early on in spring and some that are born in summer it's really weird i find it i understand it more for like foals but for like ridden horses i would i would never want to buy one from an auction i don't think no it's a weird precisely because of what you were saying about how you're not really gauging actually how the horse is yeah i just don't really i would say I'm sure this isn't everyone who's brought a horse from an auction, but I have heard quite a few times going, "Oh, well, we brought him from the auction," and it's kind of like seems like a state, like a yeah, ooh. it's like yeah, there oh, are, look what we there brought. There are definitely type. certain auctions which it's more of like bragging rights if you got a horse, yeah, from there. But I also think on the flip side, you can get some super high quality horses, and also you have the quantity, you have the kind of choice like right in front of you. It's very rare you're going to get that many horses which are probably within your like criteria and like under one roof and i think if you just have to try and get there early and just buy them before yeah i can see doing that but i think when i envision myself actually at an auction i can just see i don't know i just don't think it suits my sort of personality and temperament in that i can imagine i wouldn't put my hand up for anything because i'd also be like oh but something might do you know what i mean i want to see see the downside yeah Yeah, yeah. i'd be wanting to wait all the time but in case something like i like something else or yeah, and the money as well. Like, if people were overbidding you, I feel like I'd be like, oh, no, that's too much. And I just... It would stress me out, do you know what I mean? I just don't think... I think I it's, like, a it. personality type as well. I think some people will get a bit of, like, a rush from it. Like, I know people that have gone to an auction only intending to watch it and just to look and had a couple of drinks and ended up buying a horse. Oh so I think... God. I just have too much anxiety for that, you Yeah, know? I, I think it's big enough money. I don't have money either. <laughs> no, no. I don't have enough money for an auction. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, two pounds. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I'd give you a twist. Yeah. Honestly, read it and wait. The IOUs, yeah, <laughs> monthly payments. Yeah, so I just don't think it would suit me. I no. think it would stress me out. It depends on your, I think your appetite for risk, really, because you can zero. Get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like we a risk safe, enough flatlined life. <laughs> but even with like foal auctions, you know, they clip the foals so they look better. They plait them as well, and they they've got no mane. <laughs> clip them because foals have a foal cloak, don't they? That yeah. comes out and it's all thick and downy. They clip them off, and also for the foals to look good enough for the auctions they have to have been born so early in the year that they like their first few months they would have been in barns and not outside it's just a difficult one isn't it because you can be like oh okay this foal looks absolutely amazing but also it's been clipped yeah it's like two months old and it's april so it was born in like the coldest month there's something just a bit artificial about it isn't it it's not like holistic and like yeah that's the good word for it artificial yeah Alrighty, Rose, that got quite in-depth, but now I need to lighten the mood again. Okay, so, make or break question. Okay. What is your equestrian ick? So I think my main equestrian ick, I think I have two, 
One might not really be classed as like a proper equestrian thing, but it's horse adjacent. So I feel like we can it counts, it pop, counts. pop it Mind in there. It. The first one I would say is when people will, I mean, I think like everyone gets frustrated and that's sort of fair enough. But I think it's when the people always say that the horses did that like on purpose, as if they're there with like a warm up in their stable, plotting out the ways to just ruin your day. <laughs> I think it's just you know when you get to people that are like oh they just did that because they knew I wanted this and so they thought they would do that, but they they're not just saying because they're frustrated, like they genuinely believe that their horse is like plotted your horse against isn't them. Vindictive, it doesn't wake no. up and think I choose violence today. Yeah, no. they just don't rationalise like that, and also like it's an animal, right? It's just it's just a horse. Like they have bad days just like everyone else and okay it sucks that something happened but i mean it's just it's an animal that's why we we do this sport is because we want to work with the horses and i just it kind of it's a bit of an ick if someone's always like trying to blame their horse for everything and they never really look at themselves yeah i i saw someone um, they were like you know this is my weak reign to their <laughs> and i was like i was just listening like I don't think they do. Can't, can't be English, mate. They don't no remember. It really made me laugh. Like, do they know left to right? It wasn't like, nasty. Yeah. It wasn't nasty or anything like that. It was just like just quite funny. frustration. But it was like, you know, this is my weak brain. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and I was Hug like, me out. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know my left and right. No. Sometimes I say to Simba, I'm like, mate, I can't carry you. Like, you've got to carry yourself. But maybe he's not listening. No, I... <laughs> But it's the people that will literally just be like, oh, my horse has ruined my life on purpose. Yeah. You know, it's that sort of like yeah. insane degree of, I mean, everyone always like chats their horse and, and will be like, oh, come on, do you really have to like do this today? Or like, did you really have to pull a shoe? Yeah. Or like, do you really have to do this but right now? But people that are like, yeah, he's pulled a shoe because he knows I'm going on holiday. Yeah, yeah. it'll be like, like um, I don't think he knows. Proper like, serious. Yeah, that really winds me up when people are like, oh, he, he knew, so he pulled a shoe. I'm like... He has no diary. He hasn't got a Google calendar no. like tracking your moves. So I'm like, okay, maybe there are some horses that like choose to pull their shoes off, but the they're not on your schedule. It. No, the narrative's very different to being like, oh, it's sod's law. Like he's pulled a shoe right before I'm about to yeah, go on holiday. He's done to, this. He's he's done this to me. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. believe he's done this. He's not your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's actually out to really yeah. lie. Do you know what I mean? Well, like he's okay. a whore. <laughs> not about you. You want to talk about this, Joe? Bringing up some things. There. Uh, okay. What's your second one? You said you had two. Oh, yeah, my second one, which is horse adjacent. Not, I don't think it counts for like equestrian, but it's when it always makes me laugh. I think anyone that's ever been like on a dating app. You know when there's someone that's clearly never even probably seen a horse before, but they'll sit on a horse and they try and take, like, a sexy photo <laughs> of them, like, riding this horse, trying to be like, oh, this is going to get the girls. You know, have you ever seen... Yeah. I think everyone is, has seen a photo like this. I haven't seen a boy do it, but I, there was a girl that I knew, like, literally from decades ago when I was younger, and she actually does ride, but she... I, I can actually see the photo in my mind as well. <laughs> she sat on this horse and she's in, like, short shorts. And you know those, like, ribbed, like... Like vest body cons that Topshop used to do that like every oh girl used God. to wear do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. and she was like sat on it the horse bareback but she was like her back <laughs> was like <laughs> cranked oh, back backwards. yeah and she looked so unnatural as well it's like that's not no. even how you but it always, it's not the correct position for a start no no always be some kind of like gone to, on holiday and like rented or they've done like those sort of places where you can like rent a horse to ride and it'll be like a photo where like their legs look like they're like broken or something because the 
person sitting in the saddle so bizarrely and their hands are by like their eyeballs yeah, and, and the, the they, bits like being pulled and all they the way don't through. have a hat silk on. It's just like an eggshell. <laughs> there's, that, there's that picture of Zach Efron. Sex appeal. There's that picture of Zach that Efron. Is exactly, that is exactly the perfect is that, example. Yeah, where yeah. he's on holiday and he's on a horse oh, and he's awful. absolutely jacked. Like he's completely ripped. Still swipe, right? And everyone was like, oh my God, look how, ama- like, look how ripped and like, like attractive he is. But he's literally like, yeah, you can tell he's really like, look how sexy he's I got look. his hands by his, like, his ears or something. His hands like, by his ear, he's turning this horse. And I'm like, and you can't ride, hun. Like, no. But anyway, Rose, moving yeah. on. If you could ride any horse, magical, mythical, real... Hobby horse. Made of wood. <laughs> hobby, hobby horse. <laughs> made of wood. Uh, what would it be and why? Who would it be and why? Interesting question. Um, <laughs> I didn't realise we could be adding like mythical or fictional horses oh, into yeah. this. Add in. We, we, we had spirit. And Black Beauty. Oh, no, see, those are the top. Oh, and Hidalgo. We had spirit and oh, Hidalgo. Hidalgo, yeah. that would be such a good one. We and can spirit. all ride him, he's really fast. But we also discussed <laughs> that spirit is actually unrideable. Yeah. And yeah, unless you have the, in, you have to, like... Bond. Yeah, bond. Yeah, That's yeah. a yeah. special circumstance. Who else did we have? We had Toy Town... Oh, he was just mentioned in passing, wasn't oh. he? He's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Poor <thing>. Sorry, Zara. <laughs> Absolutely Glamadale, that was thrown about. Yeah. I think that, that, that would be like the like common go-tos would obviously be like top horses you'd want to have a, a sit on because obviously like the top of the sports would be amazing to see what that sort of like power feels like. Do you know what would be interesting actually? To ride, I want to know how the, the clones feel. Oh, oh! Mm. Because I would just be interesting to ride the original and then ride the clone and then see how similar they are. I mean, that's not really that's a bit cheating because that would be two for one. So, but technically, they are the same. They're the clone. Something that we should have mentioned earlier is that your dad is a polo player, which is a branch of the equestrian sport that Evie and I have no experience with whatsoever. I, I play polo actually. Oh, oh. but. In polo, they have a lot of clones, don't they? Yeah, there's one of the top polo players called Cambiasso. I think he has his whole top string, I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think they're all clones. And wow. so they're named... I can't, I'm can't. i not sure on the pronunciation of the original one, horse, two, but three. they're literally called 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, because they're all oh, clones of the original. Oh, that's cool. Sad, though, isn't it? Like... I'd like to be number six. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Like the devil number. Six, it's just six, an six. even number, and I like it. I'd like Some the... numbers are better than others. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want to be five. I wouldn't want to be three. I'd want four. Four would be nice. One would be number all right. one. Like <laughs> two. No. First the worst, second the best. Number two. You'd rather be number three. Three's all with a hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> so in I don't like dressage. That. I don't think there are any dressage clones. Are there, there was a foal born this year that's a clone. I think that's the f- that may be the first really? one. Yeah, I think it's a Dutch rider cloned her horse. There's also a couple of eventers, but none of them are old enough yet. So mm. I think the only ones which have been used in top sport that have been like verified and used for a lot, I think would be polo. But I th- I'm not sure. Sh- I don't think there's any old enough in dressage or eventing. Yeah, it's chilly, chilly morning. morning. Yeah. Chilly morning, the um, Fox William Fox Pit. The Fox Pit. The, the, Fox <laughs> the one and only. He uh, Chilly morning's been cloned quite a few times and the owners place them with different riders. That would be interesting. I yeah. just think that would be fascinating. I, I think don't they're like know. five or six now, those I horses. don't know about cloning, because I think, it, for instance, if you clone something like Vallegro, it then sort of takes away the specialness of that, like, one in a million type 
horse and also I think it then sort of amounts a lot of pressure on that horse to then be something that it might not want to be. Yeah, 100%. I also think as well there's an argument for the fact that it actually stunts breeding programs a lot because I think the whole premise of breeding is that over the course of like hundreds of years you pick the preferred characteristics and you sort of breed for certain attributes but when you're cloning you're actually not trying to build or develop or improve anything you are just cloning so you're actually stunting breeding programs by saying we're just going to create a replica and we're not actually going to go for a slightly you know better back or stronger legs or like a nicer longer neck you're just saying we're going to copy so you're actually stunting the potential development those horses could have had yeah and i think as well it like takes away the personality of the horses like even you said that paleo player just naming them after numbers because they're just cloned of like one other horse I just think that's so sad. You know, it's each sort of like, is its own individual. Yeah, it's like I don't really like that that sort of mindset surrounding that. But then I don't know. It's very interesting. I think especially like putting clones with different riders from a research perspective, that would be very interesting to look at the results. But I personally don't know whether I am for cloning. So bringing it all back, which horse are you going to ride? Oh my god, yeah, we went way off topic. <laughs> I guess then the horse I would want to ride would be... Sandra Hit would be an interesting one just because both my horses at the moment are by Sandra Hit, so it'd just be fun to ride the grandfather of both my horses. I think it would be pretty cool to be able to say, like, you had a go on him. And also he was... He's, like, such a famous and well-renowned stallion. I think that would be a pretty cool experience. That's a good one, nice. actually, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame. Also, I'd like to add that this is the world's number one equestrian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joking, and I made that statistic up just now. (laughs) Unverified, don't check it. But it's true, just take our word for it. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame. We will see you next week. Love you, bye. bye!